This morning, I want to talk about encountering Jesus. And to do so, we're going to look at a story at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. It's in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. So if you would turn there with me to Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 22. As we begin a new year, there are some of you that have been walking with Jesus for years. But I pray that this year, that you would encounter Jesus in such a way that it would be fuller and richer, more in depth, maybe than ever before. But for some of you here this morning, you've never encountered Jesus. And I pray that this morning would be a day that you will never forget because it is the day where your life collided with Jesus And I pray that just as we read the story here in Matthew chapter 4, the story of four ordinary men whose lives were turned upside down, I pray that you this morning would encounter Jesus and your lives would never be the same. What happens when Jesus interrupts your story? Matthew chapter 4, the story of Jesus calling his first disciples, four ordinary fishermen encountering Jesus the Christ. Verse 18 of chapter 4. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. Have you ever seen something or someone and you were lost for words? Have you ever encountered something? Maybe encountered something on a trip, you were traveling, maybe someone who was famous and you just had no words to explain what you were experiencing or what you were encountering. Here, you can only imagine What must it have been like for these four ordinary men, Galilean fishermen, Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, what must it have been like to encounter someone in such a way that it would cause them to drop everything and follow him? These men encountered someone, and they were clearly lost for words, They encountered someone and it radically shaped their life forever. These four Galilean fishermen were unimportant, unimpressive, but they became four of the most famous men in the history of the world, the first disciples and the founders of the church of Jesus Christ. And so what can we in this new year learned from these four ordinary, unimpressive, unimportant men about their encounter with Jesus and how might it change our lives forever this morning. The first thing that we learn from this encounter with Jesus is our calling. 
our calling from Jesus. The first thing we see here is that Jesus is calling, and it's, and it's the calling of a teacher to his pupils, or in the first century, a rabbi, a rabbi calling his students. And, and when a rabbi would call his students, as this rabbi was calling his students, it was interesting to understand, and it's important for us to understand the relationship that a teacher in the first century, a rabbi, would have with his pupils. The learning that took place in the first century was nothing like the way learning happens today. We learn today by walking into a seminar or walking into a classroom. We hear information and then we walk away. We disconnect from the teacher. But that's not how a rabbi would have taught his disciples or taught his pupils. They lived life together. It was on-the-job training. It was learning from, yes, learning information from the rabbi, but was also learning how they experienced life. And so the disciple would follow the rabbi, would follow the teacher. They, They would witness how the rabbi would make decisions, how they would integrate what they had taught and what they believed into every facet of life. But it's interesting here what happens, because in every case, the pupil would have to pursue the rabbi, and the pupil would go to the rabbi and say, would you teach me? Can I follow you? Can I become your disciple? But that's not what is happening here with the calling of Jesus. It is Jesus going to the pupil. It is Jesus going to the disciple and saying, come, follow me. The roles are reversed. It is not Jesus asking for permission to become their teacher, to become their rabbi, to become their Lord. It is the Lord making a demand. Come, follow me. And this unprecedented call of Jesus Christ can only be explained if the one making the demand is the Lord, is God himself. Because only God in the flesh would have the authority, some might say the audacity, to not ask for permission, but to simply demand that they would come and be taught from him. See, nobody comes to Jesus asking. Jesus is the one that does the pursuing. Nobody comes to Jesus saying, would you teach me? Can I follow you? It is Jesus who does the pursuing. It is Jesus who does the summoning. And Jesus summons his people to come and follow me. He is not asking the disciples. He is telling. And it radically changes the way we think of Jesus as our teacher and as our leader. Jesus does not request you to come follow him. He demands it and we go and we follow after him. Think about how radically different this is from our culture. The culture and our world says, follow your heart. Jesus says, come follow after me. The culture says we are sovereign over our lives and over our bodies and over our future. And Jesus says, I'm sovereign. I am the creator, Lord, who is sovereign over your life, and I have need of your life, and I'm not giving you an option. You see, when God calls us through Jesus Christ, it is a sovereign, irresistible call. 
that we have no choice in the matter. We choose him only because he has first chosen us. And do you notice the calling of these men? As I've already mentioned, there is nothing impressive. There is nothing important. These are four ordinary Galilean fishermen. And what it reminds us is that nobody is beyond the calling of God. That nobody is beyond the calling of Jesus Christ. That it wasn't on the basis of their performance. It wasn't on the basis of their resume. It was simply based on the work and the sovereign choice of God for the person of Jesus Christ. And so I ask you this morning, have you been summoned? Are you a disciple? Have you been called by Jesus Christ? Wouldn't it be remarkable if it happened this morning for the first time? It's an extraordinary calling from Jesus to his disciples. The second thing that we see is how they respond. We see the submission to Jesus. The submission to Jesus is absolutely remarkable because it says repeatedly in this passage that the response was immediate. It says they immediately, immediately they left in verse 20. They left their nets and they followed him. Verse 22, immediately they left their boats and their father and they followed him. You see, this submission to Jesus, the response to Jesus, wasn't something that was contemplated over time. We like to think about it. We like to do it on our terms. Jesus, I hear the command, I hear the calling, uh, but this must be done on my terms and on my timetable. There's none of that here. They hear the sovereign call of God on their lives to be the disciple of Jesus Christ, and they immediately leave everything. It is immediate. Immediate surrender and immediate submission. They drop their nets, they drop their boats, and even for a period of time, James and John leave their dad because they understand that this is the Lord calling us. This is the Lord summoning us, and it requires absolute and immediate submission. They drop their plans, they drop their agendas because they realize that we have met the new agenda setter. There's a new boss in town. And he has need of our lives and of our hearts. And we realize in that moment when Jesus calls us that in a moment, it is not about our agendas and about our desires and not about our needs, but it becomes about Jesus's agenda that we are now called to surrender everything as a disciple of Jesus Christ, because he, after all, is the king and the creator. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't struggle with following Jesus. In fact, we like the idea of following Jesus. I mean, after all, who doesn't doesn't want a good example in life? We follow Jesus because he can set a good example maybe for our children. Uh, We follow Jesus because he can set a good example about how to love our neighbor. Where we struggle with Jesus is when he starts to tell us what to do. Wait a second, Jesus. I didn't realize that following you meant you dictate the terms of how I spend my money. I didn't realize that you dictate the terms about who I can and cannot marry. You dictate the terms, Jesus, of what I do with my body, my choices surrendered to you. That's when we struggle 
with full surrender and full submission to Jesus. True following after Jesus, true discipleship, a true encounter with Jesus Christ means this. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But because you say it, Jesus, I will do it. Because you say so, I will. That is the full surrender, the full submission to Jesus Christ. When we encounter him and we hear his sovereign call that is irresistible, we drop everything and we follow. And so I ask you this morning, have you yielded? Have you submitted? Are you able to say this morning, Jesus, because you say so, I will. Third and lastly, we not only see this extraordinary calling and extraordinary submission, but we also see our mission with Jesus. Now that we understand the calling and the surrender and submission to Jesus, we see a glorious mission. We see our calling. Jesus says in verse 19, if you follow me, here is your mission. I will make you fishers of men. And what a remarkable metaphor Jesus gives his disciples. This beautiful metaphor of going fishing. Now, the, a Jewish individual would have understood the significance of wading out into the waters. The Jews weren't so much for the water. They were more land people. They were shepherds. And they understood, if they were familiar with the Old Testament, the connection between the sea and darkness the stormy waters. And so what Jesus is doing here is remarkable. He is saying that this world is likened to the dark, stormy waters of the sea. But my disciples, they don't avoid the dark and stormy waters, but they enter into the dark and stormy waters of our world. They enter into the dark and stormy waters of our culture and they go fishing. This is the calling of the people of God. So that regardless of your occupation, regardless of your stage of life, regardless where God has called you, he has first and foremost called you to be a fisherman, fishing in the dark stormy waters of life. No, the great commission is not reserved for the professional pastoral staff. No, the great commission is not something we just do on Sunday morning, but when you wake up on Monday morning, you go out in fulfillment of the great commission and you have the privilege of going fishing. Make no mistake about it. You are the method of God. God's mission of going and rescuing people and bringing them out of darkness and bringing them into the light. You are God's vehicle. You are God's method to wade into the dark and stormy waters and rescue people from death unto life. As your pastor, one of the most encouraging things that I hear from this congregation Without fail, every Sunday, there is someone that runs up to me after church and said, I brought my neighbor, pastor. I want you to meet them. And the reason that is so encouraging to me is that it reminds me we have a congregation that likes to go fishing. Here's my neighbor. Here's my coworker. I brought somebody that well, I want to introduce them to Jesus Christ. You're going fishing. 
And there's nothing more encouraging about a church where its members catch the vision of walking in and wading into the stormy waters of this world. What a calling that we have the privilege to bait our hooks with the grace of Jesus Christ and watch people come alive. For 2,000 years, men and women have heard the calling of Jesus and they have answered yes. But the only challenge this morning of everything I've said is that the only way that you can do anything like this, the only way you can do anything like going and fishing and do anything of what is required of a disciple of Jesus Christ, the only way that is possible is if you first have come to answer the call to follow Jesus. And I know that there are people here this morning and people watching online that have never said yes to Jesus. That there are people here and watching online that have never answered the call of Jesus when he says, come and follow me. Every week here at Coral Ridge, we give you an opportunity, and we're going to give you an opportunity here this morning to answer the call, to come and follow Jesus, to experience the greatest adventure this world has ever experienced, the great adventure of following after Jesus Christ. But if you have encountered Jesus, and you consider yourself a disciple of the Lord, And there's two points of application for you this morning in closing. Application number one, if you have encountered Jesus in your life, how is it being manifest? And may I challenge you this new year that one of the ways that you can manifest this calling of Jesus on your life is to choose one individual that you will pray for, pursue, and share Jesus with. I'm not asking you for 10. I'm not asking you for three. I'm asking every single person that has encountered Jesus Christ to pick one person that you will pray for, pursue, and share Jesus with. Would you mark that name down this week and commit to that one person this year? Application number two. You might be sitting here saying, I have no idea how to share Jesus with anyone. Well, you came to the right church. We have a program called Evangelism Explosion, and we are going to be providing four opportunities for evangelism training this semester. You're going to hear more about this in the next few weeks, but in two weeks, we're going to offer an option at 9.30 and 11 a.m. for both high school students and adults. And then we're going to offer two virtual options, Tuesday evening at 6.30 and Thursday morning at 10 a.m. So there will be no excuse if you are sitting here and saying, I'm ready to go fishing, I just need to know how. You'll be hearing more and more about evangelism training. But if you have not been through training about how to share your faith, would you mark it down as a commitment that this will be the year that I will get beyond my comfort zone and walk out of my comfort zone and learn how to share my faith with others. So two points of application. Who is your one person, and how will I learn to share my faith so that we together as a church can fulfill this glorious calling 
of introducing the Jesus that we have encountered and bring him to a lost and dying world. Roddy Edmonds fought in World War II. He was a devout Christian from Eastern Tennessee. He was called into the military in 1941, and in his words, had the privilege of fighting at the Battle of the Bulge in 1944. He and 1,200 other men were captured and taken to a German prison camp. And since he was the ranking member, a sergeant at the time, he was put in charge of the 1,200 men that were captured as prisoners of war. Well, the first night in the prison camp, the German commandant came to Roddy Edmonds and said, tomorrow morning, instead of all 1,200 men reporting, I only want the Jews to come out. Well, Roddy Edmonds had heard word that, that Jews were being taken from all over Europe and being deported to death camps. And so Roddy Edmonds had this brave and courageous idea He went to the other prisoners of war and he said, men, tomorrow, we're all Jews. And that morning, all 1,200 men walked out together. The Nazi commandant was furious and he went and waved his pistol in front of Roddy Edmonds and he says, I know all these men are not Jews. I command you to tell the other Jewish men to come forward and make themselves known Roddy Edmonds looks at the Nazi commandant and he says, go ahead and pull that trigger because after you pull the trigger, you're going to have to pull the trigger for every other man that is standing beside me. And after that, and when we win this war, you will be tried as a war criminal. The Nazi commandant put down his gun and that day, 200 Jews were saved. In 2015, at the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, Roddy Edmonds was honored with the prestigious award of the Righteous Among the Nations. Why? Because at a young age, Roddy Edmonds encountered Jesus Christ and Jesus asked him to come and follow him. And Roddy Edmonds said, yes, sir. How about you this morning? Have you followed? Have you surrendered? Have you become a disciple of Jesus Christ? We join and are part of the great company of men and women that over the last 2,000 years have answered that call to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, encountering him, saying, Jesus, I'm yours. I follow you. Would you do so this morning? Would you do so today? Listen to the summons of Jesus Christ, encounter him, and may your life forever be changed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you don't choose the prime. You choose people like us. You walk into our lives unimportant, ordinary individuals, and you do the extraordinary. You say, come and follow you. Not on the basis of what we've done, not on the basis of our resume. Actually, the opposite. While we were yet sinners, you came down. You do the choosing. You chase after us. 
And there are people here today sitting in this room and people sitting at home that need to answer the call and experience the greatest life, experience the greatest adventure, the adventure of following after Jesus Christ. So I pray, Lord, today that lives would be turned upside down because they are colliding at this moment with Jesus Christ. And the invitation that was extended 2,000 years ago to those Galilean fishermen is the same invitation extended this morning. Come and follow. Surrender everything, your lives. Ask for complete forgiveness from your past, from your shame, from your guilt, and experience the renewal, the renewing grace of Jesus Christ the grace that can transform a sinner into a saint, a sinner into a disciple of Jesus Christ, so that you too can be counted among the great company of men and women that have answered the call of God, that go out into the dark, stormy waters of our world and declare, this is my Father's world. Come and see Jesus May many men and women this day, boys and girls, surrender, submit, and answer the call of Jesus Christ. I thank you for choosing me. I want my friends in this room to experience that amazing grace and to be counted as a disciple of the Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.